I don't know. I always have a tough time introducing you properly, Lair, Lair Bearers, I call you. And now people call I'll them. I'll tell you what, John. <laughs> I, this, I'm so frustrated today. This Why? will be the first time in almost 50 years that I am not in, in back of a news desk, in front of a map, or at some campaign headquarters covering the election. I'm, it's driving me crazy. <laughs> so thanks for having me on. <laughs> Well, see, so you're bro- better for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a smart woman like that. I'm like, Larry, but no, seriously, you live and breathe this and you certainly have covered I me. Mean, you're born and raised here in Philadelphia. But in other words, you live and breathe this stuff and you've covered how many, right. how many elections locally, nationally and in so many different TV markets, but mostly in Philadelphia. So what do you see? We're getting a lot of calls and Tim's in Bucks County. We'll take his call in a moment, but I, I just want to get your take as you look at this nationally and as you look at this locally? Well, I think it is, uh, it's pretty clear that the Republicans are going to take both houses uh, of Congress, the Senate and the House, just by how much is what we have to talk about. But right now, throw out all polls. The polls don't matter. The polls have been awful. The polls in 2020 were the worst in decades. In 2021, remember, McAuliffe was supposed to win in Virginia. Terry McAuliffe was supposed to win. Glenn Youngkin killed him. Mm-hmm. Bill Murphy was supposed to win by a landslide in New Jersey. It took three days to declare him a winner. That was so close. In 2016, they were awful. In 2018, they were awful. And it, the bias, and they're off always in counting Republican votes. The Pew Research Center says that in 2020, they were off a little over 4% in state polls, which is all that matters right now in this election. There's really no big national poll. In state polls, they were up, they were off over 4% favoring Democrats across the country. Remember that the polls going into the 2020 election showed Biden was going to win by five points. It tightened near the end, but by five points, he won by 1.2%. So ignore the polls. There's, there's been an inherent bias in the polls. And for some reason, I I shouldn't call it a bias. They've they've just undercounted Republicans. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think it's going to be as close as people say it is, only because there's been a continuing problem in these polls, which I love, but I, I understand, and they even admit that there has been a problem. So uh, I think the, the call has been anywhere, the Republicans win anywhere from 51 to 54 seats um, in, the, in the Senate and in the House, who knows? Uh, there's so many toss-up elections and lean Republican and lean Democratic elections. I think the highest the Republicans could get is 250, 250 seats, which would give them an overwhelming majority. But I think it's going to end up in the 230 somewhere uh, around there. And I think that, that Dr. Oz is going to win. But if I had to call it right now, I'd say Josh Shapiro is going to win. But I'll tell you what, nobody's opinion matters because it's who gets out to vote. So everybody should be out there. Yeah, because there is that one Trafalgar poll that tightened up within the past, I don't know, less than a week on the third or fourth. So it was, what, four four or so days ago, four or five days ago that said, 
Well, things were tightening up, and Mastriano had had it within, I think, four and a half points or something of that nature. And so if you look at then the, the odds and you look at how things are underpolled or underrepresented for Republicans, it, we just don't know. And so I never want to discourage anybody to think, as you mentioned, Jack Chitterilli is a great example. A lot of, I see people still coming up to me saying, Dawn, I, I wish I had voted. For, uh, for, I just thought Chitterelli didn't have a chance. And so we never want to see any, I don't want to see anybody on any side feel like they shouldn't vote in any event. But when you talk about Pennsylvania and you think about how close things are, then think about this, the Fetterman camp, as well as Democrats filing this lawsuit last night. Because why? They want these mail-in ballots that are unlawful to count. They still want them counted, and they've filed a, the latest action. So because they know what? That it's going to be a close election. How do you see that kind of action playing into a day like this and the emotions of a day like this? Do you know, there's an old saying, the, the greatest trick of the devil was to convince people he didn't exist. It's the same thing with voter fraud. If you talk to any Democrat, they will tell you that uh, you're wearing a, a, a tin, tin cap on your head because you believe there's voter fraud. They just deny all fo- voter fraud exists uh, and that it could happen. And yet it's interesting that of the lawsuits filed across the country to to accept ballots without dates, to accept ballots without signatures, to accept just about any ballot that's sent in, no matter when it arrives, all are filed by Democrats. Now, the only reason you would want to accept a ballot without a signature, the only reason that you would want to accept a ballot without a date, I will give maybe three, four percent that people just make a mistake. But there's, but not having an ID, not being able to verify a ballot, is one of the top, one of the top evidences of of ballot harvesting and voter fraud. Do you know that this never gets covered? Do you know that in 2022 alone, 39 people across the country have been convicted, not just arrested, convicted of voter fraud. It's just happened in the last few days in Milwaukee. The deputy election commissioner was just charged with two felonies for ordering all of these military ballots and sending them to politicians' homes to fill out because you don't require a signature for a military ballot. And there was a guy in Colorado that was just arrested for trying to fool with the uh, with the voting machines. So, yeah, yeah, it, it's worrisome. There's 120 uh, lawsuits filed right now, 120 across the country by both Republicans and Democrats about the way that the mail-in ballots are to be counted. You know how you can fix all this? Go back to the old way. you got to vote on Election Day. <laughs> would have the results that night. And we ha- wouldn't have any of these problems with mail-in ballots, unless, of course, you, you're invalid or you have a real reason to ask for a mail-in ballot. But these universal mail-in ballots, sending them out to everyone, that's just calling for ballot harvesting. That's just calling for voter fraud. And by the way, we are at ground zero in Philadelphia for voter fraud. It is always the thing. Ozzie Myers, 
just was convicted this year. I'll re- I remember the first election I ever covered was in Philadelphia, and I was working at um, WPEN Radio. And I had to go down to, and uh, people will remember, the Middle East restaurant on South Street that was owned by Jimmy Tyune, who went to, who went to jail for voter fraud. But he was a, a big Democratic leader and a councilman, and he was, a, he was a blast. He was very funny. Now, I was a young reporter, and I was afraid to say anything, to ask a question. But the older reporters were all there. Uh, you walked in the Middle East restaurant, and there's Jimmy Tyune sitting there at a table with a pile of money and a gun. That's all he has. <laughs> and, and one of the reporters, I believe it was Bill Baldini uh, from Channel 10, said, hey, Jimmy, what's, the, uh, what's all that for? And Jimmy Tyune said with a straight face, the money is for the votes. The gun is for the money. <laughs> and that's the way the elections have been run for a long time in Philadelphia. By the way, walking around money, being able to, you know, pay people, that's that's legal in Philadelphia. <laughs> hey, this is transparency. We got transparency in Philadelphia. <laughs> we got the money and we got the gun. Total transparency. Philadelphia. It's just amazing to me. It's 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 like an organized crime ring. Everybody knows it's happening, but when you ask anybody, they're like, I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing about voter fraud. What are you talking about? Hey, uh, before we can you hang out over the break, I want to take Tim in Bucks County, who has a take about what's happening in Bucks County. But can we continue the conversation after the break and after we talk to Tim? Sure. Okay, here's Tim. Hey, Tim. You're on with hey, Dawn, how are you? Good. And Larry's listening too. Larry Menti, my husband's on too. So what's going on in Bucks County? You two are fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> I I love your I love your show. Love Larry. Watch you guys on the news all the time. Uh Bucks County's awesome. Philadelphia should take notes. Um well, I voted today and you know, I'm I'm a United States Marine Corps veteran. I wear a nice bright red uh, you know, USMC you know, sweatshirt when I vote. A lot of people say, thank you for your service. Well, I served this country so the Democrats couldn't do what they do. And, you know, I hope that we turn back everything to uh, a Republican control just to right the ship and kind of make sense of a two-party system because you see what happens when one side is in control? It is almost like anarchy with the lawlessness, the no rules. It, it, it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense to them. And Dawn, I have so much empathy for your comment with your family because I have such a similar situation. I can't even have a conversation at the Thanksgiving table without being shut down. And last year, I literally said, you people can't even listen to a comment. And you're my brothers, you're my sister, you're, you're my cousins, you're my uncles. Listen to what CNN did to you. And they won. Because now I don't even want to talk to you. And this is Thanksgiving. When you can't have a conversation at the table, somebody 
got into your head, and they won. Yeah. So, be- so before, before you, anyone, if, if anybody's going to listen to me today, before you go vote, go fill up your gas tank, go shopping, and then look <laughs> at your 401k. Okay? <laughs> thank you, Tim. And thank you for your service. My grandpa, John, was a great U.S. Marine, too. But, you know, I think of that, Larry, at the Thanksgiving table, we, we have Joe Biden to thank for the fact that the Thanksgiving turkey is going to cost double. So we can talk about the cost of the turkey and not talk politics. Yeah, but you're supposed to not even talk about that because <laughs> that that's supposed that is now a shot at Joe Biden. I will say this, and and by the way, that was a wonderful phone yeah. call by Tim, and and I love that he said he fought for this country for free and fair elections, and that that's what democracy is all about. The threat to democracy is the shenanigans that's going to go on today and in the courts. That's the threat to democracy. It's ridiculous that we say that there is no real threat to democracy right now. It's one of the great lies of this campaign. Democracy's fine. Democracy will will shrug off this this bickering like so many fleas. I mean, it's not, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. We've, we've been through worse. And somebody that served in the Marine Corps would know that we've been through worse. And democracy has always been just fine. But I will say this about his conversation. Have you ever noticed when you get into these conversations, when politics does come up, people that are conservative want to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. People that are conservative will give you facts and figures. There is a thing about most liberals. I'm not going to say this about every progressive and every liberal, but about most, it's very emotional. Right. It, it is running away from the table. It's saying, I hate you. It's, it's saying, I can't believe you, you're, you're this way. And it's always... Uh, uh, this name calling, you're a racist or there's something you're homophobic or there's something wrong with you. Um, I can't believe that you want, you're a threat to democracy. That's another good one. Without a whole lot of specifics about policy. And it, it's a fascinating conversation. And it's the reason that I think that it's difficult to bridge uh, the two sides. Because one is very, it's a very emotional argument. And I think the other one is, is a much more intellectual argument. And maybe I'm biased on that, but <laughs> I've, I've seen it myself. I've seen it when I've started to argue back and somebody gets so upset and it cries, runs away from a table. It is, it, it is bizarre to me, but it's something that I've witnessed now for the last uh, 10 to 20 years. Yeah, it's a shame. All right, stay with us. Larry's going to stay with us. The conversation continues. We'll talk Trump and uh, other topics as well as maybe we'll even talk about making the bed in the morning. The Dawn Show is going to continue. We want your calls, 855-839-1210. And on Twitter is at Larry Menti. I'm at Dawn Stensland. Be right back. Voting well underway across our region. Polls open this morning. In New Jersey, the earliest in our area, 6 a.m., Pennsylvania, 7 a.m., and all the polls close by 8 p.m. They say if you're in line before 8, you still get to vote as long as you are in line. And Larry Menti joining me. I'm Dawn Stensland, Menti, and and on Twitter, at Dawn Stensland, or he's at Larry Menti. So we continue the conversation. I want to play a little audio real quick here of... The latest from former President Donald Trump as he's he's teasing, he's teasing all of us, but not making any announcements. 
before the midterms, but our great producer, Anthony Dorenzo, had pulled this audio. So let's hear the latest from DJT. Specifically including the election of all the people that I'm going to name. I'm going to be making a very big announcement on Tuesday, November 15th, at Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida. I mean, Larry, he's even got the background music produced, very well produced there with the music and everything. Yeah, I really wish he didn't do that, but uh, <laughs> and that's him. You're, nobody's going to tell him what to do. Right. I, I think he's made a couple of missteps in the last few days. I, it was dumb that he attacked Ron DeSantis. I know it was mild, but it was, you know, it was just stupid. Everybody should be unified right now, and it should be all about the candidates that are running in this election. But again, he he just can't help himself, and so he came out to say that he, he he has the spotlight. There's never been a time where Donald Trump has said, "Oh no, the spotlight, the TV cameras, no, 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 not for me. I'm I'm going to step back for a second. So I think that he saw an opportunity to make this about him, and he did. I wish he didn't. Yeah, and I would say one of our favorite words from Shawshank Redemption, the movie, obtuse. It's obtuse. It's so obtuse. Not stupid. I'm not gonna say stupid. Yeah, I have other <laughs> words too, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna use those words. I will uh, say. They've been in, go ahead. They've been in plenty, plenty of movies, by the way. <laughs> I will say that you know we, and that's the problem, right? That there was there was this big rally, and we played so much sound. Um, that was a wonderful rally with Mastriano and Oz and so on and so forth, and even the next day. After saying Ronda Sanctimonious, Trump then, the very next day, I think it was Sunday or Monday night, uh, said, oh, and Ronda Sanders, you're going to vote for him again. You're going to vote for Marco Rubio. And so it's kind of like, yeah, I busted his chops in Pennsylvania, but yeah, we're all here together. So, but unfortunately on Twitter, social media, all you see is the, you know, Trump calling him desanctimonious or whatever. But I, I want to take you to another issue. I saw you tweeted out. This uh, and there are a lot of studies about making your bed in the morning. So can we can we talk about this? I don't know, Anthony. I sent you some audio. <laughs> Anthony's so busy. We can can we play this real quick here? And I'll get to your calls. I promise. Sue is in Lower Marion, who's working the polls. So I'll get to Sue in a minute. But let's listen in. So if you want to change the world, start off by making your bed. If you make your bed every morning, you will have accomplished the first task of the day. It will give you a small sense of pride, and it will encourage you to do another task, and another, and another. And by the end of the day, that one task completed will have turned into many tasks completed. Making your bed will also reinforce the fact that the little things in life matter. If you can't do the little things right, you'll never be able to do the big things right. And if by chance you have a miserable day, you will come home to a bed that is made, that you made. And a made bed gives you encouragement that tomorrow will be better. To pass training, there are a series of long swims that must be completed. One is the night swim. Before the swim, the instructors joyfully brief the students on all the species of sharks that inhabit the waters off San Clemente. They assure you, however, that no student has ever been eaten by a shark, at least not that they can remember. But you are also taught that if a shark begins to circle your position, stand your ground. Do not swim away. 
Do not act afraid. And if the shark, hungry for a midnight snack, darts towards you, then summons up all your strength and punch him in the snout, and he will turn and swim away. And so this inspiration, Larry tweeted this out the other day, and I love it. It's Admiral William H. McRaven. Uh, make your bed, make your bed, little things that can change your life and maybe the world. So I love that, you know, he's an admiral. He's retired, obviously, uh, author and some motivation there. So is our bed made, Larry? Because I, I leave early in the morning. I'm just wondering, did you make the bed? Uh, I'm laying in the bed right now. So no, it's not. But uh, no, it won't be made. It'll be it'll be waiting for you to make because I want to give you that opportunity to do these little things that can change your life. How selfish of me would it be to take that opportunity away from you? Because I know it's important to you. By the way, he wrote a book. McRaven wrote a book with that title. Yeah, it's make your bed. It's really and uh, that's that's a big that's a big deal for him. It became famous mm-hmm. when they interviewed. He rarely does interviews, and he did one for sixty minutes, and and that's what he started off with. Make your bed <laughs> to, to make your bed. Yeah, he gives it to speeches all in speeches all the time across the country. So, U.S. Navy retired Admiral William H. McRaven, number one New York Times bestselling author. But Larry's teasing. Larry put that out there, knowing that every morning, early in the morning, I pull up my side of the bed. And then I wait for him to make his side of the bed. But I just wonder, between... I'm still asleep. (laughs) You wait a second. I'm laying in bed asleep. And you make the bed only to wake me up. Yes. Well, yes. See, that was fake news. kind of passive-aggressive as a wife. (laughs) But So who do you think, between Dr. Oz and, let's say, Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, maybe we could have some fun with this, between the candidates, I mean... Who do you think makes the bed? And then you know that Colonel Mastriano, State Senator Doug Mastriano, you know he makes that bed every day. But, yes. you know, we can have some fun with this. Which candidate makes the bed and does that influence your vote? I don't know. Uh, Don, <laughs> you're setting me up to I say know, something I that I don't want to say, Come to on. say something awful. <laughs> I know which one wets the bed. Oh, stop. It's a sin. See, now that's your fault. That was See, absolutely your fault. I that set him up. not me. I set him up for sure. Well, Larry Menti, thank you. Please get out of the bed now. He, he's not in the bed. He's up He's up with me. He brings me coffee. Just for the record, Larry brings me coffee every morning, early in the morning, but not this morning. No, <clears> today <throat> I, I was awakened as you were making the bed. Um, but... I will say, I know you're going to get to a phone call coming up yeah. um, that's working at a polling place. When I was on the air on radio about six years ago, I did something that you may want to consider doing, and, and I'd love to hear this from the people that are listening. Um, anything, any shenanigans, anything that they saw funny at the polls, they should call you and tell you about it, because there has to be a record with this stuff. It, 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 it goes unnoticed. And I was shocked how much there was. And this was in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. People showing up and people have already voted for them. Republican poll watchers getting thrown out of the polling places. Uh, story after story after story of people, uh, the Democratic, uh, Democratic operatives in nursing homes going up mm-hmm. and helping people to vote. So 
uh, you should definitely, uh, you, after you get this call from Sue, and she might be talking about the very same thing, it's important that somebody keeps watch over this. Well, let's listen in. Sue is in Lower Marion. Let's see if, you know, let us know what you're seeing, Sue, and make a record of it. Hi, Sue. Hi. So um, the reason I became a volunteer poll watcher is because in 2020, when I went to vote in Lower Marion, somebody had signed my line. I was a registered independent, and someone had signed my line. And when I said to them, that's not my signature, and I showed them my driver's license, they said, don't worry about it, just vote. I said, no, I don't think this is right. Someone maybe voted in my name. They signed my line. They said, it's fine, it's fine. There was no representation, and I was sort of pushed along. And then I protested again before putting my ballot in the thing, and they were really um, pushy and rude. So I have now changed to be a Republican, and I was a lifelong Democrat, by the way. And I changed, I don't know what I was thinking, and I changed to be a Republican, and now I'm volunteering with a friend of mine. Which is great. And I've been there since 7.30 this morning. And so and, how has it been? You know, I've uh, several people looked me right in the eye and thanked me profusely for being there. Yeah. Um, more thank yous than sneers and dirty looks, but I've gotten a few of those, too. Um, interestingly enough, uh, a, right across from me is a commissioner, a local commissioner. I'm not 100% sure what her title is, but she she's accosting every single person who walks in with her hand out saying, hi, I'm your local commissioner. And if you have any questions, and she's giving them her card, she has a big I'm a Democrat, vote Democrat button on. She's dressed in all blue, and she's at the Democrat table. So the girl I'm working with said to her, you know, maybe there's a little bias. Um, The woman said, I'm wearing two hats today. And my um, poll-watching partner said, maybe there's a little bias here. And she said, I don't know what you mean. Why? Where? Why? And it actually made me really laugh. Like, I haven't had a laugh like that. It was like a far side oh. comic. I, she, it was a joke. And I'm like, she, and then she walked up to me in kind of, we're in a Jewish neighborhood. And I assume me and my friend were profiled as mm-hmm. Jewish. And she mm-hmm. said, how could you be voting for Mastriano? How could you? And I said to her, and and then she started saying how friendly she is with Shapiro, who I actually do also personally know. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, I have his phone number. If you want, I can call him and his wife right now. (laughs) I said, it's not a matter of personal things. I I said, please present to me the actual anti-Semitic evidence that you have. Mm -hmm. She says, I have six different cases. I said, do you now? I said, is one of them the elitist school comment? Yes. She goes, oh, that was a dog whistle. I said, that's just your opinion. Thank God we have two parties and we're allowed to have differing opinions. And she's been giving me the dirty look since then. As she jumps in front of me trying to give the Republican uh, sample ballot with her card introducing herself as a commissioner. Unbelievable. Hey, Sue, is this is this woman, is this commissioner inside the polling place? Um, in the vestibule before. There's like an outside, there's the vestibule, and then there's the inside where the polling is. So oh, okay. she's, there's, 
there's this like little window where she's like able, I guess, to do what she's doing. She's so aggressive and crazy. And I like, it's, it's something else. It's something else going on there in Lower Marion. Yeah. You know why I asked? Cause had she been inside the polling place, that was clearly illegal and she could be charged. But the vestibule's okay. The vestibule's fine. So even though she's a pain, that's she's fine there. Apparently. Yeah. I'd still get a picture of it just to record it. I always tell people, take a picture, you know, take a screenshot, take a picture, take a little video. It never hurts. You have it. And then if there's any question, you know, you have it. But, Sue, thank you for but, sharing that. Well, let me Go just ahead. say one other thing. In 2020, when... I really, truly, I had already gone in feeling like my vote doesn't count. I live in such a blue pocket that when, when I had that situation, I did contact my like GOP rep and filled out an affidavit. Never heard back from them either. It's unbelievable. And you know, I, I love that you talked about the fact, thank you, Sue, for calling. Thank you so much. And I love that Sue talked about this, Larry, and you, you and I talk about this all the time. You know, we know Josh Shapiro, we know... So it has nothing to do with you know, really damaging somebody or smearing somebody's personal, the way they live their life. We're not about that. We'll never do that. It's about the issues. And it's a shame in so many campaigns, um, like the campaign for governor, it has turned so ugly. And some of the ads are just shameful, in my opinion, and questioning the integrity of somebody who's a combat veteran like Mastriano with no, no tangible evidence. It, it really makes me nauseous. Yeah, you know what they say, when the issues aren't on your side, you attack the other guy. And that's been playing out across the country. That's all the president's doing. And I'm so disappointed in in Joe Biden, in this entire presidency, but especially now. I think that he has been embarrassing himself in smearing uh, Republicans across the country and attacking Republicans across the country. It is so unpresidential and not what joe biden was years ago uh, this is i don't know what happened to him this isn't this is another man this yeah. isn't what they remember in delaware yeah. it's not the delaware way which is the name of a show no. that you, you hosted the delaware way <laughs> award-winning not it is not the delaware way it, it's not the way any of us should be acting and this is a man that came into office promising to uni- to unify us saying that the nation was divided. Well, guess what? Right now it's more divided than ever, and he is the culprit. Larry Menti, thank you so much for being here today and giving us your great analysis. I appreciate you. Okay, going to make the bed. See yep. you.